Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to you folks on, online. I trust you had a beautiful week, and all is well. I had an interesting uh, post I saw on Facebook this morning as I was kind of getting ready to come to church, and it said, prayer must be your lifestyle, not just your emergency contact. And it just kind of stuck with me, because so often we jump to prayer when things are looking bad or whatever, but we forget about just the day-to-day fellowship, which is so important. Let's pray. Father, we just give you praise and glory this morning. We thank you for the blessing of your word, which is true. It's powerful. Hallelujah, Father God. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides the truth. Glory to God. And so, Father, we're just here to receive from your Holy Spirit. And I just thank you for giving us utterance and hearing. In Jesus' name, amen. So, for the last four weeks, we've been studying the different prayers of Paul. In Ephesians 1, we studied the, the prayer, and we got to that place where we began to learn about power. In Ephesians, in the second week, we took that further and found out all those great things about power, about dunamis, his apparent power, energio, the working of his innate potential power, kratos, his ruling power, and iscus, his endowed, his endowed power. And then we got into the next week in Ephesians 3, and we found out about power. Again, dunamis. And then we got into Philippians, the, the prayer of joy. And you know what? We talked about strength and power. So I'm sensing a pattern. And as I was sensing that pattern, when the Lord woke me up this morning at 4 o'clock and if I'm yawning, it's not because I'm tired of the message. <laughs> he gave me some things that I was not really struggling with, but trying to find a context, a, uh, a way to put it into words. So let's go to Second Thessalonians. Let's start with verse 9. Now, Thessalonians, they were under a lot of persecution. They were under a lot of pressure. And Paul was talking to them, and as he went along in 2 Thessalonians, he was telling them about hope of Christ's second appearing, and hope that those who have done evil deeds would be punished in the end. But in verse 9, he says, as he's talking about those folks, he says, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. And I thought that was interesting, the word from. They will be separated from God into that everlasting destruction. And from the glory of his power, that's his ruling power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in them all and believe, because our testimony, testimony among you was believed in that day. Wherefore, also we pray always for you, 
that our God would count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. So I wrote it out in a couple other um, translations, Amplified. I always, I really enjoy Amplified. But with this in view, we constantly pray for you, verse 11, that our God may deem and count you worthy of your calling and his very, every gracious purpose of goodness with power may complete in your every particular work of faith. Faith, which is that leaning of the whole human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power and wisdom and goodness. Thus, may the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be glorified and become more glorious through and in you. And may you also be glorified in him according to the grace, favor, and blessing of our God and Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And I don't usually use the Passion Translation. I just, not one I really got too excited about. I don't know. But I did post this, and this or write this. Says, With this in mind, we constantly pray that our God will empower you to live worthy of all that he has invited you to experience. Or that our God would make you worthy or considered worthy of your calling. And we pray that by his power, all the pleasures of goodness and all the works inspired by faith would fill you completely. So as I was going through the scriptures and then as I was seeking God about this, the thing about power came up just too much because, not too much, but too much to be ignored. Because we forget, I forget, that when the Holy Spirit came into me, when I received Christ as, as my Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit came in me, that power of the Godhead came in me, came in you. But the problem is, we don't believe it. So I had to deal with this. You know, there's, it's, I, I go back to like the first week, I think I talked about a police officer who's got the badge, and we understand that his authority isn't in himself. It's really not in the badge. It's in the jurisdiction behind him. And so if you have a police officer, and we're seeing this now, we really are. If you have a police officer that is not confident of the authority behind him, he's not going to put himself out there to protect you because he doesn't know where he's going to stand. And we see this in all these big cities that have had this riding, and they said, stand down, step back. Oh, you hurt that person. Well, we're going to fire you. And so they're leaving these cities in droves, and I just heard recently that they, there are like hundreds of applications in Montana sheriff departments and police stations from people from these big cities who want to still be police officers. They still want to protect and serve, but they have no confidence in where they were. So I got to thinking about that confidence and that power and who we are in Christ. So if you read that book, In Him, 
And I always suggest that to everybody. And if you haven't read it in a while, read it again. Who are you? And people will ask who you are. And so often, well, I'm, I'm Rick. Well, where do you go to church? We'll go to Faith Family uh, Church. Um, they'll ask you, where did you work? These kind of things. And this is how they identify you. But inside, who are you? And where do you stand on the authority that is given unto you? And so as I was, as I was seeking this morning at 4 o'clock, I got this vision of Peter walking on the water. I'm thinking, why now? <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday would have been great. <laughs> but it, so what happened? Peter's in the boat. He sees Jesus out on the water. And he says, if that be you, bid me come. So he, so understand this, if you understand nothing else, every one of you has faith. Everyone, I honestly believe this, every person that's ever born was born with faith. Because that faith had to be there, that when you heard the word, that faith would rise up to receive it and believe it for themselves, for salvation. But he had faith, and he looked out and he saw Jesus, if it, you, if it is you, bid me come out on the water. And Jesus, what did he say? Come. Pretty simple. No exoterical explanation. He just said, come. And so Peter stepped out of the boat and onto the water and walked towards Jesus. Now, what happened between that point and meeting Jesus? What changed? He stopped believing. It isn't that the faith changed. His faith was still there, but he stopped believing in what the word said. The word was standing there and says, come. He stopped believing halfway across. And I got to thinking about my own life, where I have heard the Lord come, and halfway there, I started to look around. Circumstances, situations, And so I sank. Now he's pulled me up. I'm thankful for that. It's what he does. He's a rescuer. But I was looking at that. Why? Why? And I know I talked to you. I don't remember if it was the first Sunday or the second Sunday, but I talked about power that's available to these lights is controlled by a switch. The power is always there. It's on the other side of the switch. That's where it's at. We have the Spirit of God in us, but that switch is up here. Faith is here. I'm believing in my heart. I have faith that this can work. But somewhere up here between now and there, my switch says, okay, we can do this. And we step out in faith, believing. Or the switch never gets turned on. Doubt and unbelief. Is that what you really meant, Lord? Really? You want me to lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed? You want me to speak a word and believe that what I say will come to pass in the name of Jesus? You know, we get so wrapped up 
in our feelings. And I mean our physical feelings as much as our emotional feelings. My shoulders hurt. I have a headache. My knees hurt. And we concentrate on those things. And when the Lord says, by his stripes, you have been healed, the problem is we have that term in our vocabulary where we go, yeah, but. You don't understand, Lord, this hurts. Yeah, but by my stripes, I've healed you. Yeah, Lord, but you know, if you really did, why does this hurt now? Why do I feel this way now? And I began to look at this in light of prayer must be your lifestyle, not just your emergency contact. So if I'm in prayer with my, if I'm in prayer, I'm in fellowship. So what is a prayer? Too often our prayer is one way. Father, bless me, thank you. Now what was I going to do? And that's what we do. We walk off and do what it was we were going to do. And the Lord says, well, I, I had this for you. There was an illustration that uh, I heard many years ago. There was a guy who was standing in faith for a new heart. He, he believed he was, gonna, he was healed, and he was having some heart issues. And as he was believing for this healing to take place, his family came in, loving family. Oh, Dad, you should really just rest. You should really just give up. You know, it's, you know, it's time to go home. And this is a true story, so I'm just, you know, this illustration. Um, and so he did. Well, there was somebody <clears throat> who was in that same room. It was a pastor. And he got this clear vision of an angel with a box. And that box was a new heart. And he was heading towards that man with a new heart. And at that point, when the man finally says, you know, you're right, I am tired. I'm just, I'm just tired. And the angel just kind of stopped and turned around and took the heart back. We as people are fickle. We are. Um, we will declare this and do that. We'll do that and ask for forgiveness. We'll do this and we'll say, Lord, if it be thy will, well, I didn't hear anything, so I guess I'll do it anyway. We do these things. We're fickle this way. And having a lifestyle of prayer, when Paul was praying these prayers in Ephesians, Philippians, um, um, yeah, this book we're in now, Thessalonians, he was praying from a place of prayer. I think he says that we, we pray for you always. And when you read those prayers, it says we always have you in our heart. We always pray for you. Now, granted, he's a human. It's not like he go 24-7 in prayer. But there's an attitude of prayer where you step into that place with the Father, and now you have a conversation. 
and you're laying things before the Father. And at that point, by faith, you're opening up your heart to hear what he has to say. Now, it may not be a vocal word. Chances are it probably won't be. But there's going to be something in here that rises up to hear that says, I'm going to do that because it seems good to me in the Holy Ghost. So I was looking at this about the believing and faith so we wouldn't be fickle. Romans 8, 11, it says, and if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead, then he who raised up Jesus Christ from the dead, and remember we talked about the power that was exerted to bring him out of hell, will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Okay. By his stripes we have been healed. His spirit will restore life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So I was looking back in Deuteronomy 28. And I'm not going to throw all the stuff in Deuteronomy 28 except for verse 61. 28-61. He's listing all the plagues that are going upon those that are disobedient. In verse 61, he says, Also every sickness and every affliction which is not written in this book of the law, the Lord will bring upon you until you are destroyed. I'm going like, wow. So then I looked at Ephesians. If I can find it. (laughs) Well, let's just turn there. I got my notes. Notes can tie you to a lectern. So, Ephesians 1, verse 17. Let's see. Let's go down to, let's go down to verse 20. Which he wrought in Christ. So he's talking about the power, the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things. What does all mean? All, okay. All things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. So Deuteronomy 28, oh, I moved my marker. So, does that cover verse 61? Does that cover all the other verses before that? It does. But you know what? We'll look at the emrods or whatever you want to call them, and we'll think, that's too big for God. Because I feel it. Because I haven't been in prayer with my father and just listening. I've been talking. You know, God, this hurts. This isn't good. Do you hear me? 
Not good. Yeah, well, you know, I've got, hey, no, God, you need to understand, this bothers me. Yeah, but my word, no, God, listen, this needs to be fixed. See, I'm, I'm making a, con- I'm not making a conversation, I'm making statements. Statements are dangerous. Because that doesn't give us time to listen. You know, we were talking, I remember the first or second Sunday, we were talking about wait on the Lord. What is, how does that scripture go? They shall wait upon the Lord, renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run, not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Yeah, but God. But if I'm in an attitude of prayer, and I've got to get better at this, I really do. If I'm in an attitude of prayer, then I'm listening because I want to wait on the Lord. I want what he has for me because what he has for me is good for everybody around me. Because it's not me, it's him. It's him in me. It's him in me exerting influence here. So this attitude of prayer has to be a daily conversation. Because the other thing it'll do, it'll help spark your belief. Now, it says that you're supposed to do what with your faith? Build yourself up in your most holy faith. So everybody was given the 98-pound weakling faith, right? No, we were given overcoming faith. Our problem is we still look at 98-pound weakling faith. But we're supposed to become that Charles Atlas faith by building ourselves up. How do we do that? We have that time of prayer to build ourselves up to believe what God said in his word is true. Let's look at James 2. James 2, verse 14. It says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith? You know, you want to start with some argument with somebody to question their faith. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to question it. You just have to bring it into the conversation. You're saying I don't have faith? <clears throat> though a man say he has faith and has not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace and be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give him not those things that are needful for the body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead. Being alone. Yea, a man may say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without my, your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So what's work? The definition of a work is an act of doing. So what is faith? Well, let's talk about the ten lepers. They said, Lord, you can heal us. In my paraphrase. 
And Jesus said, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, did his word say you are healed? Did he go over and touch them? Did he do anything outside and say, go and show yourself to the priest? So what does it say? As they went, they were healed. They had to put, you know, you've heard that song, put feet to your faith. It's an old, older song. Put feet to your faith. That's what they did. They began to step forward, the priests, to show themselves according to the word of God. The word of God that was standing there, Jesus. And then you had the one who left them and came back to Jesus and worshipped him. Here's an interesting thing. Jesus looked at him, looked at his disciples and said, were there not ten? And yet this one only comes to worship? They were healed. He was made whole. Whole is better than healed. Healed is great. Don't get me wrong. Whole is better. They have to do. So, the centurion, he's out there. Jesus says, I will come to your house. No, you don't have to come to my house. I'm a man under authority, and I understand authority. And if I tell one of my servants to go do, he does. So therefore, by what I understand in authority, I understand if you say, it will be done. And Jesus, you know, some people say you can't surprise God, but Jesus marveled. Marveled is kind of a surprise. It's like, you guys hear this? And he looked at his disciples, never in all of Israel have I heard such faith. And we know the rest of the story as the centurion went back, his servants came and said, your servant is healed. And he knew it was at that self-same hour. Now, I have this question. What would have happened if the centurion would have said, okay, and just stood there? You know? He had to put feet to his faith and start walking back home and believing what had been said was accomplished. So let's go to John 14. John 14. See, the thing about prayer is so important is it does help build our faith. Because what does it say about faith? Faith is where the will of God, faith begins where the will of God is known. We have the word. We need to have conversation with the Father. We need to have that conversation to help build ourselves up. So in John 14, verse 10, there's a word here that Jesus used. He says, believe you not that I am in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me and the believe is trust and commit. Trust and commit. The works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I'm telling you, you have all the faith you need. Most people just don't believe it'll work. I'm, I'm, you know, there's times I don't believe it's going to work. I'm speaking those words, but I'm, I'm like, it's better to get a word out there than, than nothing. That's not good enough. Faith has to have action. Believing has to have action. When we talked about the light switch, the power's on that other side of the switch. If you don't turn it on, you're not going to have lights. You can believe with all your heart that there's lights there, but if you don't believe you have to turn on the switch, it's going to be dark. I should say you have faith that there's going to be lights there. If you have the faith that those lights are there and, and the room is dark and you're saying, I know there's lights. I have faith there's lights. Why is it so dark? Go turn on the switch. No, no. Faith says there's lights. That's good enough, isn't it? No. Go turn on the switch. We have a switch in us that turns our faith into action. It's called believing. Jesus, he was, if nothing else, believe me for the very work's sake. What did he do? And we look at, the, we read those scriptures and we're like, wow, that's, you know, that's really good. He did that back then. Hmm. Well, you know, when I worked at the refinery, there was a guy who uh, uh, used to read dime novels. You know, the westerns and stuff, he's called them dime novels, but they're just, one time they actually cost a dime. Now they're five bucks. <laughs> anyway, he would read those during his shift. So he'd be in the shelter. He'd make a round now and then, but he'd be reading these novels. Okay. So down the road, he got promoted. He got promoted to a shift supervisor. He walks into the guy's shelter one day and sees them reading novels. And he says, put those up. The guys looked at him. Yeah, but you used to read these all the time. He says, well, that was then. This is now. That was then. This is now. Sometimes that's our faith. We look at things and we say that was then, but Jesus, this is now. Don't you understand we had COVID? Don't you understand we have a, a despotic government right now? Don't you understand that the world is going crazy? And what does he say? 
Well, I don't know. I don't listen. I just post the questions. But he's got an action for us to affect where we're at. Faith Family Church, Billings, this is our area to affect. Now, we can affect Washington in a way, but this is our area that we're set to. You are set here. God has set the members. You're here. So your area of influence is here. Do you believe it? Do you believe you have influence with people by the Holy Ghost? Or is that just another nice saying? Let's look at Luke 5.17. I wrote the scripture down, but I didn't. Sometimes I forget what I do at 4 o'clock in the morning. This one we've all heard a lot. Verse five, uh, chapter 5, verse 17, it says, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, and there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Amplified says, one of those one of those days as he was teaching, there were Pharisees, teachers of the law, sitting by who had come from every village and town. And the power of the Lord was present with him to heal them. Now, who's the power present with today? Do you believe it? That's the challenge, because you've got the faith. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. But do you believe it? That's the question that comes to every person. Let's look at John 1.12. I ask myself these questions a lot. Do I believe it? I have to because I'm the only one that has that answer for me. The Holy Spirit speaking into me because in speaking into me, I affect my wife, I affect my family, I affect my friends. Chapter 1, verse 12. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, this is amplified, I'm sorry, power, privilege, and right to become the children of God, that is, to those who believe in and hear to trust in and rely on his name. He gave him power to become. That would be power to get us into the kingdom of God. <laughs> I'd think about that for a minute. It took power from heaven to get me into the kingdom in through Jesus 
Let's go to Romans 12, 3. This is what I probably should have started with, begin with, but it's here. Twelve three it says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, please don't think gender, this to everybody, not to think of themselves more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So there's not one of us that can go and say, he has more faith than I do. She has more faith than I do. No, you've got the measure of faith. What are you doing with it? What is that one switch you're not willing to turn on? I had to ask myself that. I mean, it's, it's what switch am I not willing to turn on? Is it prosperity? Is it healing? Is it loving somebody? Is it laying hands on the sick? Am I afraid to lay hands on the sick because maybe it might not work? But who's in here? The Holy Spirit is in here and that power to affect that person's life is in here, but I've got to turn on the switch and says, I'm laying hands on you because the word says, and you desire to be healed, and the power of God is here. It is present to heal. You know, I said this in a message a few months back, but the power of God is present to heal you all. Everybody in this room. There's not one person here that is outside of that. But do you believe it? You know, this is, this is simple, okay? This, this is as simple as I could get. Jesus is looking at the man with the withered hand, right? He looks at the man with the withered hand. He says, stretch forth your hand. Didn't touch him. Didn't say, be healed. Didn't say any of those things. He said, stretch forth your hand. Now, the man had a choice. Do I stretch forth my hand and let everybody see the withered? Or do I stretch forth my hand at the command of the Lord? And as he stretched forth his hand, it was healed. The power of God was present to heal those of the law, and yet somebody opened up a roof and let a man down into the midst of them, and Jesus looked at him and didn't go, oh my God, now what am I going to do? <laughs> no. Now, he went about it a little differently than we probably do. He says, uh, take up your bed and rise and sin no more. Your sins are forgiven. And, of course, that was the big issue because only God can forgive. Well, if it's easier to say be healed and pick up your pallet, then pick up your pallet, be healed, pick up your pallet, and walk. 
Now, the problem with us is when we're surrounded by the law or the doctors of the law, the world, opinions, do I really want to tell this person to get up and walk? You know, there's a word I hate. It's called if. If you. It's used a lot in the Bible. And it's always toward, pointed towards us. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. I have to be willing and obedient? Yeah. I have to believe and exercise that faith? Yeah. We are the hands and feet of Jesus on the earth today. If anybody's looking at you, they're looking at Jesus. What are we showing them? What am I showing them? Am I showing them a powerless Jesus that's afraid of opinion? Or am I showing them the mighty Savior who came to heal and to destroy the works of the devil? Do I stand in that place of authority realizing who backs me is heaven, the God of heaven, who's put within me the Holy Spirit, that's my badge, to look at the devil and disease and lack and sin and say, in the name of Jesus, no, you are healed. You have prosperity. You are whole. That is the authority we have. Don't be the cop that's afraid to use it. Don't be that cop that questions the authority of heaven that is in you to act on this earth in his behalf. Wear your badge proudly. Stand for him. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy, but, you know, the cop that's facing a situation and he's got a tough, a tough guy to deal with knows he's backed. And so he will deal with this guy whatever it takes to get him down and into custody. He's not going to back down because he knows who's behind him. You know who's behind you. The power of heaven is behind you and in you. The Godhead, the Holy Spirit, the, that part of the Godhead, the innate power of God is in you to affect and to do good. I just, we just got to believe it. I just got to believe it. I just got to believe that when I say to a situation, be whole, be removed, that it is in Jesus' name. Not in my name. In Jesus' name. And I know I'm backed by the authority of heaven to do that. Now how I do that is what I hear from the Father. Jesus says, the works that I do are by him who is in me. What I hear the Father say, I say. What I see the Father do, I do. That's the conversation of prayer.
that is getting in that place of fellowship with the Father. Lord, how do I deal with Dale? How do I minister to him? How do I love him? Well, Rick, let's do this. Okay, Father, let's do that. And then it will be successful, and Dale will be blessed, God will be glorified, and my faith will grow a little stronger. But if I don't care, or I'm not going to listen, Dale doesn't get blessed, I get weaker, and God doesn't get glorified. Owie. (laughs) All right. So now we know we have to believe. Believe on the one who sent us. The faith is in you. The power of God is in us all. We have the authority of heaven in the name of Jesus. So now we go out and we do good in the name of the Lord. Father, we give you thanks and praise this day. We give you glory for this time. Father, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells us. I thank you for the authority of heaven that is behind us and in us. I thank you for the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Father God. The name which is above every name. There is no sickness or disease or poverty or lack or anything that is above him. And we praise you for that, Father God. It's under our feet because we are in the body of Christ and you put everything under Christ's feet. So we stand above and not beneath. We give you praise, Father. We thank you. Thank you, Father God. As we go forth today in this service, we thank you for the blessing of being your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.